Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So I have titled my message today, Merry Forgiveness and a Happy New You. So the tone, the tone has lifted, the tone has lifted already. Okay, so, so why, why is forgiveness important? Well, forgiveness is important because it's the means by which we relate to God and by which we relate to each other. God forgives us our sins so that we can have relationship with him. And we are to forgive others their sins against us so that we can be in good relationship with God and in good relationship with others. Forgiveness is foundational to the life of a believer. But if we're honest, if I'm honest, it's not always easy. And I have no doubt that in this room, um, there'll be many of us holding on to things that we, we need to let go of. Um, we need to forgive people from. And you don't need to raise your hands because I know you're there. At least I know my wife's there and she needs to forgive me a few things around the house, not, not doing the dishes. <laughs> maybe it's our parents that we need to forgive. You know, maybe your upbringing wasn't the best. Um, maybe they caused you hurt. Um, maybe there was a broken family unit or there was separation, your parents separated. Can I just tell you, there's no perfect, there's no perfect family and there's no perfect parents. One thing that helped me to deal with... Um, any perceived resentment that I had towards my parents was becoming a parent myself. You know, I've got two boys and I'm going, my goodness, how, how on earth did they do it? You know, I come from a family of seven and I go, wow, like, how did they do it? You know, obviously they kept going until they had me, but I was the, the youngest. But um, really, you know, <laughs> when you have kids yourself, you start to look at parenthood in a whole different light, in a whole different light. Maybe it's a, a partner, a husband, a wife, somebody you trusted who broke that trust at one point. Maybe it's a work colleague, your boss or a friend. Maybe it's just somebody who cut you off um, as you're driving. Every day, life presents us with multiple opportunities to be hurt and to take offense and to hold on to unforgiveness towards others. And you know that's just, that's just life. That's just the truth of life. But Martin Luther King Jr. said this, he said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. And if we say that God is love and we are made and called to live in God's image, then we must work on our capacity for forgiveness. So how do we do that? Well, and I'm going to share a passage with you in Matthew 18 verses 21 to 35. It's called the parable of the unforgiving servant. And it says, Then Peter came up, to came up and said to him, I'm speaking about Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I do, not, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who um, wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, the master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. 
So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. And he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgive you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And so my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus uses this parable to clearly point out that we are to forgive as God has forgiven us. We can see from the passage that forgiveness has no limit. At the start of the reading, Peter thought that he was doing great. He was going to suggest that he would forgive seven times his brother's sins. But Jesus sets the bar a lot higher, 77 times. And in the New King James, or sorry, in the King James Version, it says 70 times 7, which is 490. But really the meaning is that forgiveness should be without limit. Also, we are commanded to forgive. From the parable, the king expected that the servant would forgive his debtors. And so God expects us to forgive as we have been forgiven. If someone asks us for forgiveness, we are supposed to forgive. If they hurt us again, we are supposed to forgive again. It's hard. How do you do that? It's not easy. To forgive is not to forget, contrary to what the, the common saying is. If someone is repeatedly and intentionally hurting you, doing things that break your relationship, you need to put some boundaries in place. If they ask you for forgiveness, you need to forgive them. Rick Warren says this, forgiveness must be immediate whether or not the person asks for it. Trust, however, requires a track record. If someone hurts you repeatedly, you are commanded by God to forgive them instantly, but you're not expected to trust them immediately, and you're not expected to continue allowing them to hurt you. As a Christian, we have the capacity to forgive, and we can do this because if we have the same spirit of Christ living inside us, then we have the ability to forgive Jesus forgave those who crucified him on the cross. When in um, Luke chapter 23 and verse 24, Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, we can ask God for that same strength. In Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 19, there's actually a prayer for spiritual strength. It says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may, and that you may have strength to comprehend all with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Get this, 
that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the spirit that lives in us if we follow Jesus. We have access to this. We are commanded to forgive and we have the strength to forgive because the spirit lives in us. You know, it's easier to forgive if we knew what was going on for the other person. But we don't always know the backstory. Um, we don't know what's been going on for them. When I was growing up, I don't know, Pastor Mari, if you heard this one, but I often heard if everyone was to sit around the table and if everyone was to put their troubles out to exchange them, when you saw everyone else's troubles, you would quickly take your own back again. You know, we don't always know what's going on for someone else. Um, and that's not to excuse, you know, bad behavior or why they've done something. But it's just a reality check that none of us, none of us have it all together. And that, you know, we have all made mistakes and that we all have stuff going on in the background. It's easier to forgive when you know how much you and I have been forgiven of. You know, in the parable, the amount forgiven by the king was 10,000 talents. And when I looked into what a talent was, a talent is a, a measurement of weight thought to be somewhere around 50 odd kilograms now and um, if that was gold or silver which is you know the payment that would have been would have been due um, it's somewhere in the region of 150,000 years of salary um, I read one commentary who calculated it out that if that was gold in today's market price it would be over seven billion dollars so that amount that was forgiven was huge and it was amount an amount that the servant could never have repaid um, but yet it was it was still forgiven. Um, the denarii, the, the piece of silver um, that was owed to the servant um, by another servant, um, it was equal to it was equal to one day's worth of pay. And it says that the, the servant was owed a hundred of those. So he was owed roughly a hundred a hundred days worth of pay. So a significant difference, a significant difference of, of what was forgiven and what was asked to be forgiven um, of the servant. Like our own sin, the debt we owe, we can never repay ourselves. But God forgave it through Jesus' atoning death on the cross. It's easier to forgive when we look at how sinful we have been and how sinful we still are. You know, I'm just going to do a little, a little reality check for us all. I'm going to hold up the mirror of God's word to us in Matthew 5, verses 21 to 22, and again 27 and 28 in the message. Jesus points out the standard that we all fall short of. And he says, you're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone, if anyone is so much as angry with a brother or a sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother an idiot and you just might find yourself called at the court. Thoughtlessly, thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you're in the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill and then in 27 and 28, it says, you know the next commandment pretty well too. Don't go to bed with another spouse, but don't think you've preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Those ogling looks you think no one else notices, they are also corrupt. It's harsh. It's harsh and it's very quiet in here <laughs> because we all have sinned and we all fall short of God's standard. And when we sin, it's not just the other person that we sin against and hurt, whether they know it or not. It's because we sin against God himself, because we are created in his image. And when we sin, 
we mar that image. So anything that someone has done against you or done against me, we've already done that against God. You might say, well, you know, I didn't do as bad to that to someone else's, as someone else has done to me. But it's not helpful to compare ourselves to others. He did this or she said that. God's holiness is the standard. And in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says, to compare ourselves among ourselves is not wise because we all have sinned and we all have fallen short of God's glory. It's easier to forgive when we realize that life is only this short wisp of time, this little vapor when compared to eternity. The Apostle Paul encourages us how to frame our suffering and our hurt in the context of eternity. In Romans 8, um, verse 16 to 18, Paul says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also glorify, be glorified with him. He says, I, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. This life isn't it. This life is passing us by. And when this, is, when this life ends, in the twinkling of an eye, we are going to be removed from all our suffering. All the pain and hurt we have felt will be gone. Paul, he endured so much for the sake of the gospel. And you could, you could argue that he would have had grounds to take some offense, given the amount of times that he was beaten and he was imprisoned. But he implores us here not to look at suffering or offense in human terms because that is contrary to the spirit that lives inside us. We should be eternity focused and not earthly focused. We must choose forgiveness because to allow unforgiveness to take root in our hearts is to give the devil a foothold in our lives. Going back to the end of the parable of the unforgiven servant, um, at the verses 34 and 35, when the servant had refused to forgive his debtor, and it says, and in anger, the master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And so my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. If we choose not to forgive, we're actually living in opposition to what God has asked us to do. And God won't force you to forgive. He won't force me to forgive, but he will allow the consequences of our free will to play out some of us perhaps we've got unforgiveness towards God thinking that he's punishing us that he has punished us that he's allowed things to happen to us that he's abandoned us in our time of need but we must be careful we must be careful with that thinking because we have to acknowledge that we live in a fallen world and that bad things can happen to good people we have to be careful with that thinking because with our free will comes consequences of our own choices we have to be careful with that thinking because that's not the heart of God. God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Can I reassure you that God's plan for us is good? In the parable, the king forgave the servant's debt. The king had mercy and he had compassion but it was through his own choices that the servant ended up in trouble. Being hard-hearted being hard and not doing what, what the king had asked him. 
He ended up being handed over to the jailers. And really that is being handed over to the consequences of his own actions. In James 3, verses 16 to 18, it says, For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The consequence of unforgiveness is that we open up ourselves to every evil work. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, as Paul here and he's writing to the church in Corinth and he's explaining the importance to those in the church to forgive, to forgive others. The reason being to protect them from the schemes of the devil. He says, Any, anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, I have for, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. For we are not ignorant, or so, we are not ignorant of his designs. Satan has a plan to entrap you and I in unforgiveness, to imprison us. Unforgiveness hurts us more than it hurts the other person, but it blinds us from seeing the other person through the eyes of Jesus. Unforgiveness sows confusion and it sows every evil work. Unforgiveness invites Satan into our lives. We can become bound up in anger, resentment. It darkens our soul. We can become negative and offended. And we can start gossiping about others if we allow the unforgiveness to fester. And these are all things that the devil wants to use against us to hold us back from God's plan for us. Unforgiveness prisons you but not the other person the reality is they've most likely moved on they're not even thinking about you but we're allowing that person to rent space in our head over something that they're not even thinking about so it's our advantage to choose to forgive the Christian author Lewis Smead says to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner is you <laughs> if the band um guys would like to come up um, maybe you need to forgive yourself regret can weigh you down if we have all made mistakes um, we've all made mistakes but we're holding ourselves prisoner if we don't get hold of the fact that God has already forgiven us he's already forgiven us and who are we to argue who am I to say that I need to hold myself accountable and God's already forgiven me forgiveness towards ourselves sorry unforgiveness towards ourselves or towards others is a poison and it steals our joy to be free from that is an amazing gift and it's an amazing gift that you can take with you into Christmas you can go into Christmas with a light heart and have a new sense of joy for the new year and have peace knowing that you're right you're right with God and you're right with your brothers and sisters around you Freedom and forgiveness is the good news and it's available to all who will receive it. But to be able to forgive, we must first focus on how much God loves us more than how much the other person has hurt us. Um, forgiveness is, I value my feelings more than I value the other person. But in this parable, the king loved the person more than the debt that was owed. And that's how much God loves you more than the sin 
and more than the wrong that we've done to him and to others. That sin is much more than we could ever have paid back. But the good news is God has forgiven it and he's paid it all through Jesus. If you'd like to stand, if you'd like to stand with me, I'm just just going to give you that opportunity now. You know, if, if, you've, if, you're here, if you're here this afternoon and you've got regret and you're weighed down, you know, we've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes, but, um, you know, we, we need to get a hold of the fact that God's already forgiven us. God's already forgiven us. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this afternoon and you know you need to do business with God, you need to ask God for forgiveness, you need to maybe invite him into your life for the first time, or maybe you've been been in a relationship with God at one point but bitterness has grabbed a hold of your heart and resentment has taken hold there this is an opportunity for you to just get yourself right with God so with no one looking around and with every eye closed if you'd like to invite Jesus into your life and get right with God I'll ask you to do that on the count of three. One, two, three. to go into Christmas knowing that you've got everything right with God that your eternity secured one last moment okay if you need to say this if you need to say this prayer you can just repeat after me and um, those that are believers will, will join us in that prayer dear God I come to you now in the name of Jesus and I ask you God please forgive me of all my sin Wash me, cleanse me, set me free. I make a decision today, God, to live life your way. Help me, God, to follow after you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The band's going to play. End of every service, as Pastor Mari said, we're going to invite people up who maybe need prayer for healing, and you know the team will pray with us, um, and you're very welcome to do that. But while you stand there, and if you know there's someone in, in your heart that you need to give up to God, and to, to, to give that resentment up to God, you can do that right there where you're at. It's between you and God, and you can release that person to God, and you can give that to Him, and you know that you have relinquished that, and you can go into Christmas free of that resentment and that hurt but as the band plays you're very welcome to come down and say please to them thank you so much for joining us online today really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of jesus both here in australia and around the world if you enjoyed today's message i'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.